This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And on the show, we share a lot of advice on how to be a better leader. Just helping me to reiterate how you can take a look at understanding your own leadership perspective is Nagesh Arman. He is the head of solutions and services at Leaderonomics. And of course, he's joining us for the first Monday of the month as per usual. So hi, Nagesh. Hey, and hello, everybody. All right. So tell me a little bit about why you wanted to talk about understanding your own leadership perspective today. One of the things is whenever we talk about leadership, it's always very external looking. So you're talking about leadership where you're leading others, leading a team, leading an organization. You always keep having this existential view towards leadership. But when you are talking about leadership, it starts with you first. So it's important for you to have your own perspective of how one, you lead yourself and how you view leadership versus Mm -hmm. what everybody else would be telling you. So I think it's important to have certain ways of looking at it and certain understanding so that you know that, okay, this is my perspective for leadership. This is how I'm going to practice it. This is how I'll do it sincerely. So essentially today is going to be a crash course on uh, utilizing introspection, right? In a way. In mm-hmm. a way, hopefully. But um, I've been blamed for being too philosophical sometimes. So I try <laughs> not to be philosophical. I try to be a bit more fun with this whole thing. But yeah, there's a little bit of introspection today. All right. Awesome. So uh, from what I understand, you have six points uh, that we're looking at today to form this understanding of uh, of your leadership perspective. So, so start to take me through them. Sure. Uh, I think one of the things before we start doing that is mm-hmm. maybe forming an understanding of what a leader is. And okay. what leadership actually is. So this is this is based on my experience. And when I'm saying this, do take it um, with your own thoughts, with a healthy dose of your own thoughts in it. So you kind of make up your mind whether this is something that applies to you as well. So when someone says, what does it mean to be a leader? Um, important, important thing here. And this comes to the six points later on. Mm-hmm. It's a person who can create an inspiring vision of the future. That's one part of it. So if you can create a vision of the future, that's one part of being a leader with the ability to motivate and inspire others to jointly engage with that vision that you have created. That's one part of it. And the other part is then how do you manage to deliver that vision with the intention of building others? Mm -hmm. So that is what a leader is. Someone who can visualize what the future looks like. How can you then talk to others and get them inspired towards that vision? And then how can you help them grow and get to that vision? So that's what a leader is. Leadership, on the other hand, I think it's bringing together and putting those skills into action on a constant basis. Mm. So a simple way to actually wrap this whole thing and say what leadership is or what I view leadership is, is it's a pursuit to constantly add value, constantly add value to other people. And by you doing that, you're actually adding value to yourself. Because remember, where do we start from? Creating a vision of Mm -hmm. the future. And that vision is usually a personal vision of the future. Right. So So, when you help somebody else, you help yourself. mm -hmm. And so that ties in really nicely to that first point that you have, right? Because if you're starting with the vision, you're also starting with clarity. Correct. So this is actually one of those very, very important things for a leader and uh, most people can be visionaries but the problem we have is explaining that vision to somebody else if you can talk to somebody else about what you see in your head in your mind uh, in your daydreams 
And if somebody feels like, you know what, I can even see what you're saying, that that means you sort of reach extreme amount of clarity with that person. You're able to clearly tell that person, this is what the vision is. Um, I kind of have a little saying to this it is picturing the painting and then painting that picture clearly mm-hmm. so that a person can see it. Another person can understand what that vision of the future is. So clarity is important. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to clearly, even if it takes a little bit time of time, clearly send a message across and let the person know this is what I'm envisioning. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first point yeah. when you are trying to explore yourself as a leader. I think that's also especially important in today's day and age where I tend to find that there are a lot of people who who rely on a lot of jargon and a lot of mm. these like uh, technical terms that, you know, while it may be accurate, may not necessarily get across what you're trying to say. And uh, a nice thing that I was reading the other day was if you can't explain your job or your idea to a five-year-old, mm. then you're yeah. not being clear, right? It's It's Correct. that language. So I think that's a really interesting point. Actually, to that quote that you said, Albert Einstein had an interesting quote as well. Mm. If you can't clearly explain something, you clearly do not understand what you're explaining. Mm. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, explaining what uh, you want and what your vision is, what's the next step? The next step is, okay, you've explained that vision. Uh, This is the part where you inspire people. Great. People are like, ah, right, that's a great vision and all that. This is where the next question usually pops in the head. So how do we get there? The answer to that question is the second step. Mm-hmm. And even for yourself, right? Even for yourself, it's important. Anything that you do, even if you're trying to make a small change for yourself, break it down. Break it down so that you can take that small steps that you need to mm-hmm. get to where you need to get. And when you break it down, the whole idea is to make it believable to yourself. Now, right. take this example. You have a grand vision of your future. Um, we usually say this thing where, okay, Let's use workout as an example. Yeah, right? <laughs> I knew you That's were going the most, there. <laughs> the simplest thing we can say, we, it's, we just got past January, New Year's resolution and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have set a goal that, okay, you know what? I want to lose X amount of weight by the end of the year. Mm. I want to be fit. Let's say I want to lose like 20 kgs or something like that. Mm. When you say 20 kgs, you get inspired first. Yes, because you're like, Imagine myself losing 20 kgs. Mm. That'd be awesome. I can wear all those clothes I want to wear. I can go out and do things that I want to do. I feel a lot more healthier. Yeah, you get inspired. But why do we trail off usually? Probably because because it's too much, right? Yeah, because at the end of the day, we are thinking about 20 kgs. But to get to 20 kgs, it takes time. Mm. And if you say that, okay, like I want to reach 20 kgs by the end of the year, but I want to feel some results today. You're not going to feel 20 kgs of results today. Yeah. Right. You need to break it down and say that, okay, to reach 20 kgs, probably my first week, I want to just try and see if I can lose half a kg. Mm-hmm. Right. How can I lose half a kg? Okay. Um, half a kg, I don't need to do some extreme workouts just yet. I need, I can do the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are these simple stuff I break them down to? How often do I need to do that? Um, Okay, so it looks like every day I need to do just probably about 30 minutes of exercise and I should be able to reach that half a kg. Yep. That has already made it something that is believable for you. Mm, I guess it's it's all about, uh, you know, setting yourself something that is actually achievable in the short term so that you can achieve the long term goal. Correct. Mm. Correct. And also it is 
it is one of those dopamine effect things as well. Like people want big goals because there's a huge dopamine hit when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And if you actually get it, that's another dopamine hit. But the problem with dopamine hits is it wanes off quickly. Mm-hmm. But if you do these small things, these small things that make you feel satisfied gradually as you get there, it's a lengthened thing that you are, you're having, a lengthened good, a good feeling that you continue having over time versus one big hit and you drop. Mm. That motivates you a lot. That motivates you to feel like I'm moving positively. I'm winning. So I want to continue winning. I want to continue having this motivation to move forward. So breaking it down is very important in anything at all. Mm. All right. So that you can believe that you can do it. So, you know, now you've built, I guess, uh, credibility and you've sort of uh, created these smaller steps. What's the next point? Okay. So remember that when we talked about leaders, leadership, Sure, you need to look at yourself first, but it is in interaction with other people. So one very key thing here is communication and how you use your communication tools. That is very important um, because most of us, we tend to want to just talk. Talking is, we feel, the most easiest way we can get our message across to somebody else. And especially in this day and age when uh, we are locked up at home because of the pandemic that is going on, Um, typically when we turn on into a Zoom call or a Skype call or something like that, what do we do? We turn off the camera and we talk. But there's a problem with that because human beings, the way that we are wired and the way that we use our senses, hearing is merely our second highest use sense. And we, that only contributes to about 11% of what is communicated out. So if you're hearing my voice, probably you don't know about 83% of actually what I'm communicating to you. Hmm. And that's a bit of a trouble. And if you can't see that 83%, how can you clearly communicate a message to somebody else? And how can you convince somebody else to break it down? Mm-hmm. So this is where using your faculties right is important. So when you communicate, this is why they say use visuals as well. Use your own self. A lot of your micro expressions are important to communicate something to somebody else. Hmm. And when you imagine it in that way, that's also how you're communicating to yourself because you're thinking, okay, if I want someone else to understand it, I'm going to use all these faculties of mine. How can I make myself understand it better as well? Right. And I think also, you know, especially during the pandemic where we lose so much in terms of communication because we can't see each other in person. And, you know, body language is a huge, huge contributor to how we actually understand each other. Right. Uh, You know, when you think about it, you you were mentioning hearing and of course eyesight, but it's like specifically, I mean, even right now, uh, I can see you on video and I can see your hand gestures and I can see like, you know, where you're looking and, and, and all that. And that's really helping me to become invested in what you're saying as well. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that's really important. I think the other thing is also, um, this is sort of a new age trick, actually. I'm sort of uh, doing a plug here for doing this interview. Okay. When you have your camera on, when you have your camera on and you're seeing it, Christine, I'm moving my hands. I'm yeah. expressing like as if I'm standing in front of you. You should do that. Mm. You should never feel shy. People usually like turn on the camera and look straight at the camera and just talk like this. <laughs> and if I keep on talking like this and you're seeing me, Christine, if I keep on talking like this, you feel like, Am I talking to a guy who is a doll on the other end? The total tone has shifted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Your body really affects everything that you do to communicate. How you move your body, how you even walk around. If you want to walk around sometimes and you see some people, they actually use boom mics instead so that mm. they can actually walk around and move around. 
that does affect how you communicate. And especially if someone else on the other end is watching this, imagine you see like a Tony Robbins on stage and how expressive he is. If you can see that on a screen as well, he's live in front of you. Wouldn't you want to listen to him more? Well, on that note, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Uh, after this, we'll hear a little bit more from Nikesh Arman from Leaderonomics, uh, all about understanding your own leadership perspective. We'll be hitting up steps four, five, and six. You're, of course, listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and on the line with me today is Nagesh Arman. He's the Head of Solutions and Services at Leaderonomics because it is, of course, the first Monday of the month where they join us to discuss everything leadership related, really. So today we're specifically talking about understanding your own leadership perspective. And before the break, we covered the first three steps as well as what a leader is and what leadership is as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. the first three steps were clarity, breaking it down and communicating. So take us through the fourth step. All right. So the fourth step here is what I call joint empowerment. Most of the time when we think ourselves as leaders, as uh, a manager or something like that, you feel empowered, right? You feel empowered because you're like, I've got this role. I've got this responsibility. There's a gravitas to it. But we forget that it's actually an empowerment that you are supposed to transfer to somebody else. You're supposed to give others empowerment as well. So that's what joint empowerment is. And I, I like to use this saying, trust when you can collaborate where all can. So trust everyone as much as you can. Don't distrust because that trust then allows you to start thinking, okay, let's bring in everybody so that we can start collaborating. And there's a few things for you to look at here. One is you need to connect and you need to connect with empathy and positive intent. And this is where the trust comes into play. You need to create shared purpose that everybody now um, enjoys the same understanding of what they're going to do. The communication comes in here as well. Mm -hmm. Ensure that you communicate consciously and transparently. So be sincere about your communication. This is where that whole body language thing comes in as well. Right. If you're sincere, people can see it on your face. People can hear it on your voice. If you're insincere like that, people will get it. And for some reason, they'll feel that, you know, I I don't know why, but I just don't want to engage with this guy. Mm. So, so sincerity is important. Consider the impact and the results and the consequences, everything and change your mindset or be ready to change mindset goals and actions based on what's happening within a group. This is actually a, a method called collaborative problem solving or called CPS. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Just for people, in case they didn't hear that, that's collaborative problem solving. Uh, And there are three phases in this. Uh, Just to like summarize, uh, forming collaborative relationships, coming up with a solution and testing it. uh, And then you've got like rolling out the solution and basically identifying what you could uh, what you could do better in the future as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. okay, you've got all these points. So you've clarified, you've broken down your goals, you're communicating, you're engaging in joint empowerment. And what's the fifth step? And this is probably the most important out of all the steps. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to the, the first few steps have been consideration steps, if you want to call it like, mm. how can you be as clear as possible? How can you break it down? OK, I break this down. I'm planning it out. How can I communicate it to others? OK, I'm going to learn how to to get my message across. How can I create joint working environments for people? How can I, how can I, how can I? Fifth step is 
nothing will happen if you do not take action. Right. So whatever it is, start taking action. And um, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with actually a colleague of mine. Um, and we were just talking about how can we empower others to become leaders within the organization? And we were talking about examples of people who, look, I need to understand every step of the way. Uh, I need to create the processes from one to 10. Then I know what to do at each step. Sure, that helps. But sometimes you just got to take an action. Mm-hmm. Leadership is equal measure of knowing and not knowing, but taking responsibility that, to whatever that may happen. Mm. So one key thing is when you take action, you're not going to get it right all the time. And that is fine. If you fail, that is okay. Never get paralyzed or crippled by the fact that probably 50% of a chance that I could fail, never get crippled by that. Always think of it as that is 50% of an opportunity for me to learn something new and how not to do that. Hmm. And by doing that first, I've actually set an example to somebody else and I can actually tell them, hey, I've tried that before. That didn't work. This is what I found out. Maybe you should try this and you may find a better way how to do this. Hmm. I think that's super important. Now, uh, of course, we have the final step here as well. And I actually think this step before you, you get into it, I actually think that this step is the step that gets the most overlooked, I would say in terms of what I've seen from leaders at the moment. But take us through it. Yeah, uh, you are so completely right. Uh, I, that was actually the point I was going to make. And <laughs> thanks, Christine. It actually made it for me. Great. Woo. Appreciation. You're right. This is something that really gets overlooked. And not only how you appreciate somebody else, how do you even appreciate yourself? Mm. Right? We, we forget to do that very often because think of our lives, like especially nowadays. Um, before this, before we were locked down at home, our lives were busy as it is because we go to work, we get stuck in a jam, on into works, meetings, work, um, different tasks that we have to do. We're done with that. Um, we have either gym class, Pilates class or something like that to go to. You got to meet a friend. You got to um, come back home, bathe, get ready to go to bed because it's cycle of the day continues again tomorrow. Mm. So at which point in this day did you even stop to think for yourself? How was my day? What did I like about my day? Mm-hmm. What did I do great about my day? What did I didn't do so good about that day? What do I appreciate myself in, in the day? This is pre-MCO, pre-lockdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think most people are suffering this right now at home where because you're working from home, you don't exactly have a, a sort of line where you draw and say that work time is up to this point. Right. You continue working on. It's continuously doing one work after another after another. Next thing you know, it's already 11 p.m. at night. Mm. Again, the question is, when do you even stop to actually think about yourself? Yeah. To appreciate what you did. Uh, I felt this personally recently because um, in 2020, when we went into lockdown at Leadernomics, um, we had a shift a lot to actually get our business back on on foot so that we actually capture the new market that is coming in. Mm. We were so used to that physical market that we had that thankfully we started our digital arm and we managed to just pivot and get everything ready for that. But mm-hmm. to get that ready, I had to shift my role four times last year. Mm. So from running operations for all the physical stuff that we we're doing, then I had to shift a role into just new product innovation then shifting a role into virtualizing all our products for all our global partners. And then now I'm here 
as the head of uh, services and solutions for digital and owning a digital product. Hmm. Four times I shifted. And through that four times, I never stopped. And I, I, I felt prey through this as well. Mm-hmm. I never stopped to think about myself, about what did I do, what did I not do? And I found myself burning out at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. But what helped was um, so happened I have this practice of updating my CV at the end of every year. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that update. And I was doing that update. I wrote everything down and I looked at it. I was like, wow, these are all the things I actually achieved this year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. And I got to appreciate myself a bit better. And I, I got to recognize all the things that I got done. And that itself was a moment where I said, hey, you know what? I should reward myself a little bit. And I did something to reward myself. Mm. Now, this works existentially as well with somebody else. When you are busy working with a team, we sometimes take uh, this for granted where as the team is receiving success, as the team is doing good work, as the team is going from one win to another, we make this mistake of thinking that, okay, the team is great. The team is working good. The team is winning. We don't stop and actually say, hey, wait a minute. What do you actually appreciate about what has happened? Hmm. What do you actually appreciate about uh, the other person who has done something for you? Who do you think needs some appreciation here, recognition here? Mm -hmm. But not only in the moments of success, even in the hardest moments as well. You need to stop, especially hard moments. You start spiraling downwards and downwards and downwards. And the easiest way to address it and sort of stop the downward spiral is to stop everybody and just say, hey, wait a minute. Let's just recognize and appreciate what, it, what has been happening right now. Mm-hmm. Difficult or not, there are things to really recognize and appreciate and look at those things as moments or pillars of strength that we can step on to get past these hard times. So you're right. These number six, that last step, something that we overlook for ourselves and lo- overlook for our teams, but it is actually a tool to help us actually move forward further. Right. So we do have to wrap up uh, basically now, but uh, just to sort of recap those six steps, right? So you've got clarity, breaking it down, communicating, joint empowerment, taking action and appreciation as well. Any last notes to add before we wrap up the show? Yeah. So this is one thing that I, I live by nowadays. And whenever somebody asks me this question, how do I lead a team and how do I do the things that I do? Mm-hmm. And this is probably something I want to do at the end because some people may be asking, great, I know these six steps right now, but how do I get myself started? Mm. How do I get myself into that place where I want to start doing this? There's one word for this. It's called ownership. Ownership of whatever you do. And when I say ownership, don't ever think it as ownership of, okay, someone gives me a task or let's say I'm saying to the listeners out there, you should start doing or taking these six steps or thinking how you want to gear yourself towards these six steps. That's the task I am asking. Mm. That's ownership of task. Mm -hmm. That's not enough. That's called that hygiene level. Ownership of space. That is very important. So let's say right now listeners are listening to this and say that, hey, this is something maybe I want to try out. And yes, Nagesh has said that. Why don't you start it? When I say ownership of space is take these six things, try it out, but figure out what you think about it and how you view it and how you would like to apply it and apply it the way you'd like to. Hmm. That's you owning that space completely yourself. And when you do that, what you start doing is you ask this question, what else? What else can I do? 
what else can I do? Because this is my space. I own it. What else can I do to make it better? Mm -hmm. So I would say to everybody out there, the first thing before you start any one of these six steps, own it. Own it like it's your own. Own it like only you matter and you can make that happen. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Nagesh, for speaking to us all about understanding your own leadership perspective today. You have, of course, been listening to Raise Your Game with me, Christine Wong. If you have missed any of today's podcast, you can download our app. That's available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. You can also head over to bfm.my to listen back to our podcast. And where else can you get our podcast? On Spotify and also any other platform that you find podcasts on as well. This is, of course, Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and you've been listening to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.